Thirsty Mage, the podcast that's praying for the day when the five-hour trial episodes finally run out of salt. I'm your host, David Lloyd, and yes, this is turning into another salty episode in the series of five-hour trials of some of the lesser-known RPGs that tend to fall under the radar for any number of reasons. And this time, we're talking about Dungeon Encounters, a Square Enix game that came out in 2021, I guess is when it first released. Uh, on paper, it's, it certainly sounded good. It, it kind of shadow dropped at the time i think Mm -hmm. it was during a direct and but now we're going to find out uh what we thought of it and maybe why why things uh why it just kind of flew under the radar all this time Mm -hmm. joining me for this episode still finishing up his mandatory anger management sessions uh from because of the last five hour trial episode it's jordan rudick i I laughed when i read those in the note that that point in the notes and i i think that um this format and what we're doing here kind of lends itself to games where either not going to be happy with we're going to hate we're going to maybe like a little bit and then some that we're going to love just that we never got a chance to play but we're we're definitely going to be kind of running the gamut here of all the different emotions that these games can elicit um so yes you know lost fear obviously got me very heated uh i'm a little more (laughs) temp a little more measured a little more temperate uh, in terms of dungeon encounters but um yeah looking forward to this one this was one that when it shadow dropped i was kind of instantly interested in it you know just uh, kind of looked like it was going to kind of simplify uh take some of the rpg mechanics that we love uh and and maybe do away with some of the the extra stuff that maybe kind of gets in the way sometimes so yeah i i'm i I, i'm curious to hear your thoughts i I can see that the keyword salty uh in the notes here uh (laughs) kind of underlined uh bolded uh made into a larger font all that stuff uh so let's yeah let's get into it i'm uh, curious uh exactly uh, you know what brought you to uh, to your feelings and i'll share mine obviously too sure well why don't we start with why we were interested because like i said on paper it seemed like uh, a no-brainer this was uh, i believe it was like a september direct in 2021 where it was kind of uh, there, uh, there was something else oh i think it was like a voice of cards i think we're coming it was coming out or there it, was it like was a... paired with another rpg right it was paired yeah. with another smaller rpg so you had this and that and do you like, feel oh, no or no not not, not yet was, not it yet, might have been voice of cards honestly yeah I feel like there was like a, a another voice of cards coming out, either like the second or third version. I th- I think it was like rumored that it was going to be shown at the direct, and and it mm. was. But then all of a sudden they're like, oh, and this other game, Dungeon Encounters, and it's directed by uh, Hiroyuki Ito, which is the like he's been there from the beginning. He worked on pretty much every Final Fantasy from one through twelve, uh, with the exception. I don't think he worked on seven, but uh, he he was a debugger in the early NES games, and then he ended up. Uh, taking over as kind of like the battle planner. Uh, he was doing a lot of uh, game design in the battle. Battle mechanics, combat mechanics. Uh, his first directorial role was in Final Fantasy IX. And then uh, he took over for, I guess the, the story was Matsuno. I think Matsuno got ill during the, the creation of, uh, or the development of Final Fantasy twelve, And I think Ito ended up uh, picking that up. And then Yeah, that sounds he, right. He's kind of the father of the whole Zodiac license system. That was kind of his baby there. Um, and 
I guess Square liked it so much that they demoted him to uh, making nothing but mobile <laughs> games for the next 14 years. Oh so, my gosh. I, I guess that tells you how much, what they thought of uh, the Zodiac system, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy, I mean, the original games, obviously, we've loved. Final Fantasy IX, pretty good. He started working on that. Um, 12, is, you know, 12, when it first launched, was I think, I think was pretty rough on PS2. Um, I know a lot of people that were Final Fantasy fans that kind of bounced off of it. With, with 10 being a little bit more a little bit more traditional but maybe push starting to push the boundaries and then 11 being an online game 12 i think you know maybe people were looking for more of a classic game in the style of 9 and yeah. it's very much a, a departure even though the, that the world is an interesting one but the combat and gameplay are very different yeah it was it was i remember even like myself at the time that was when the uh, the, the enemies first started appearing on the on the map for the mm. first time there was so many changes like yeah you know they went away from the turn based system to like the job system where like you you basically wrote algorithms uh to do the fights yeah the gambit system right yeah 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 so you had that and then yeah like you said it was people were kind of mad because 11 was an online game um so it was kind of really departing and and yeah even now like it's still pretty divisive like i think some people mm-hmm. uh are fans of it like i i'm i enjoy it i thought there was some you know uh i'm gonna i'm gonna screw up the the name of the pirate there bal balthier balthier yeah you uh, love balthier a, he's I one love of my favorite characters such, yeah. such a great character so can't complain about that i i wasn't as uh annoyed with vaughn as others uh you know maybe not your traditional lead role but yeah. there are more there are more annoying rpg characters of yes. course <laughs> that we've met you know like he's yeah. not he's not right up there he's, you know now the the other thing i uh just almost fell in my chair laughing about was that apparently uh zidane um was only a fl- flirtatious because of Ito, or yeah, Ito, like, I guess that was Ito's call to make make him uh, a bit of a hound dog in Final Fantasy IX, which is like my only real beef with Zidane. Really, was like really like this this you know. It's I'm an not... odd, it's an odd character trait for him to have. Yes, you know, did feel <laughs> definitely felt out of place for sure, especially yeah. with like the younger looking character sprites too. Like it was it was just odd, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of uh, Ito's involvement, uh, Uematsu was the composer for this game um, mm. i don't think you could tell by listening to it um i i don't know if he put a, a, a full <clears throat> effort in like he is you know retired and or semi-retired i guess and mm-hmm. uh he's been battling illnesses so i, I don't want to like you know uh, throw mud at the poor man <laughs> but uh if you were doing a ranking of the all-time uh listing of uimatsu soundtracks uh, this this would be scraping the bottom of the barrel i would think Let's not throw the baby out with a bathwater here, David. <laughs> That's what I feel like we're doing a little bit. I mean, it's funny. I I, I would have I wouldn't have guessed that. Just just knowing that yeah, it's a Square Enix game that Final Fantasy people have worked on it. I didn't. I guess I didn't pay too much attention to the soundtrack, and I'll, you know, I'll explain more later. But basically, this was a podcast game for me. Like I, I think it works quite well as that. Like yeah. the the mechanics of Dungeon Encounters. They're so like, yes, there's a strategy to it, but you don't need to be giving this game your full attention to get through it, to make progress. You know, you can kind of just it feels like something you would do almost in the background while you're doing something else, you know. Um, so if, whether that's, you know, watching a movie or a TV show or, or listening to a podcast or something like that, this game lends itself quite well to that. And so and I ended up spending most of my five, a little over five hours with the game doing exactly that. Like I, I was just 
you know, listening to, you know, we've got football season coming up. So I like to listen to, you know, the fantasy football podcasts and stuff like that and start getting excited about football coming back. And so I've, I've been catching up with all my sports podcasts while I was playing this game. And it, it, it kind of really worked well for that purpose. You know, I really, I really liked that. I appreciated that aspect of it. Um, my experience a little bit different from yours, though. Yeah. Well, let's start. I'll start with the overview. And here's the one compliment sure. I'll give this game. And this is probably the last compliment is that uh, the description of the game on on the product page, whatever, uh, calls this a minimalistic experience. And uh, that person was dead on with that description. It's accurate. It's accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a very accurate description. Because, yeah, so the whole point of the game is uh, there's like, you know, a little title card that basically says, uh, you know, this, I don't know, I some kind of cave or, or dungeon or something opens up under a village and basically the village is, there's no heroes left or whatever. So the villagers have decided that they, they got to take matters into their own hands. So it's a hundred floor dungeon. And you, the, the, the whole thing is that the villagers have to go from floor zero to floor a hundred to defeat the evil. Uh, and, and I, I don't know, ban, banish the evil so that their village is fine, I guess. Uh, that's basically all it is, uh, like the point of the game. There's really no story beyond that that I came across anyway. There's a little bit of here and there in the thing, but it's there's no real like cursed story. There's no like the characters are all just kind of randomized, uh, you know, Jim, Bob and whatever. Like hmm. there's no <laughs> there's no title characters like you, you don't you just kind of pick out of, of a group of people. Uh, from what I'm told, or read, or whatever, uh, you can find uh, different villagers in in the uh, dungeon as you go down, or whatever. But it's like you got a party of four, and you're basically just trying to keep them alive as you go down. Um, the environment is so there's no actual dungeon. The environment is literally just squares, squares on a brown, uh, I don't know, background. <laughs> like there's no, like you don't. There's no caves. There's no. You know anything there's just a a character one character that's running on tiles and the whole point i get of each floor is just to uh fill in the tile like you just mm -hmm. you step on a tile and it, and now it now you've been there and uh there might be about i i think it started off like three or four hundred tiles that you had to step on at, on the early floors and uh i think by floor 10 there was like eight or nine hundred i think so i'm sure they could just keep going up uh, the enemy encounters are numbers, so like you'll know exactly where an enemy is because there'll be a number on the on one of the tiles, and then that'll like denote a uh, a set uh, battle. Like there'll be you know number eight might might be like a wizard and a, a wolf or something, and uh, number seven might be a, a bird and a skeleton, and uh, and so the numbers when they're black they're enemies, and when they're white their locations that you can visit so you know there's places to heal there's places to resurrect downed enemy or down team members mm -hmm. uh there's stairs that go up or down and you can get treasure chests you can get um sometimes you just get like riddles um, filling in the bestiary uh of yeah, the enemies that, that you that meet you can fill yeah. in that too yeah you, you get the riddles and, and puzzles too yeah yeah uh and yeah and the whole point is just to keep going down 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 uh that's that's like that's it that's the experience I don't you've explained the game that, 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 yeah. there, i don't think there's much more to that 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 is that is it yeah yeah so uh i guess the only other thing that we can explain is the battle system because when you get into a battle 
uh, you don't really see the, there's no characters. It's, it's just like little cards. So on the right is like four cards that represent your characters. And then on the left is however many enemies there are. Uh, there's, uh, there's a physical attack and a magical attack and there's hit points. And so each of your characters has a certain amount of shields for, uh, magic, magic attacks. They have shields for physical attacks. And then once those are down to zero, then, you know, like if you lose all your physical shield, then physical attacks start chipping away at your health. Mm -hmm. And it goes the same way for the enemies where, uh, you know, they'll show the, the meters there and, and then you attack based on whatever you think. Like if you're looking at the enemy and maybe the the physical shield is a little bit lower number than the magical shield, maybe you'll have everyone attack them physically and then you'll just try to wipe them out with health. Um, the one caveat to that is that some characters seem to be uh, more vulnerable to physical than, you know, they have strengths and weaknesses, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, so you could look at it like there was one time where it was like they had maybe 10 health, 10 physical shield and 50 magical shield. And I'm thinking, oh, well, clearly I want to attack the physical. There's mm -hmm. only 10 as opposed to 50. But then you find out, oh, well, they're actually strong against physical. So it makes more sense to attack the, the magical. Um, sometimes you get flying enemies so that the someone with the... Uh, a, like a sword or a mace or something can't attack the flying enemy. They'll just keep missing. So you ha you'll have to either use magic or you'll need someone with like a bow and arrow or a crossbow mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, so just like little things like that. But uh, from the the floors that I got, got went through, that was basically as complicated as it ever got for me. I don't know if it, it started to get more for you because I know you got quite quite uh, deeper than I did, Jordan. Yeah, no, and I know. And I do want to, talk about this battle system because this is the majority of the game is, is this combat you're getting into so yeah you you explained it pretty well um the the thing is it takes a lot of the randomness out of it like there isn't a lot of random number generation in this game um aside from you know when you enter a floor which tiles have enemy encounters on them that i think that i believe that is randomized um there are abilities you can get uh, kind of when you're when you're going through the dungeon out of combat that I think can move the enemies around or re-randomize them or something like that. Uh, but in combat, there, yeah, there's not a lot of RNG. You you almost always know what 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 your attack is going to do in terms of uh, damage, right? So if you choose a sword, the sword will always hit for a hundred. If you choose a different sword, or maybe you choose an axe, the axe will hit for a number between uh, one and one thousand, or something like that. So you you know that there's RNG there if you choose that weapon. So you're choosing RNG. You're kind of it's more purposeful. There's magical spells that might hit everybody, hit all the enemies, but again it might be for a number between one and 200. So you don't know how much you're going to do to all those enemies. And you mentioned some enemies having more physical uh, shield points uh, versus magical shield points. And so you have to choose, do you want to use your physical attacks against them or your magical attacks? Maybe you have ones that hit, hit everybody. Uh, again, if they're flying type, you need that bow and arrow. So you have to kind of outfit your party so that you, you can encounter a variety of situations. Um, you, you do, you have to have like long range weapons. You have to have some magic because you, if you run into a group that's all physical defense and you have no magic, it's going to take you too long to whittle them down. You're going to get destroyed. Um, I feel like <clears throat> if you, if you avoid or skip a lot of the battles, you'll eventually very early on, you get an ability to run from combat. Um, if you run from too many battles, you're going to quickly find that you overpowered. You might even go up, go down a couple of floors 
and you'll already see that the enemies have become significantly more powerful because you've avoided, you know, avoided fighting. And so you have to get experience to level up because leveling up allows you to equip different and better equipment. So whether that's a new sword, uh, all, all the all the um, kind of armor that you wear, whether that's a hat or, or a shield, an accessory, a chest plate or something like that, all of that is how you improve your defense, right? You So you can, you can choose to improve your physical defense or your magical defense. Your HP will go up as you level up. Um, in the some of the later levels, when you get above 20, you can start getting a lot of HP, actually, um, even though the gains seem quite minuscule early on. Um, I actually like the combat. I, I, I like I, I like that in a way it's a little bit brain dead, right? You're not making a ton of kind of small decisions. You're kind of just choosing one thing like, hey, OK, as soon as I start the combat encounter, I see the numbers. I see what I'm up against. I know what to use. And I'm, I'm just going to follow that strategy throughout. You don't need to necessarily keep adjusting. Other than maybe choosing to use a spell, you get these kind of ability points that you can use uh, that, that have charges to them, like you have an ability eventually to resurrect your teammates or to restore their HP. So if they die in combat, you could resurrect, but then they're going to come back with only a little bit of HP. So that's kind of a risk, especially if they've already lost their, their physical and magical shield points, right? There's a lot of little things that kind of build up over time. But yeah, the combat is pretty straightforward. You choose a strategy and you go with it. And again, that's why I say this is a game you can play while you're doing something else because you're not, you, you, I think the default mode is wait as opposed to active time battle. So if you're just waiting to make decisions, there isn't a lot of pressure and not a ton of tension. You kind of, I think you kind of know early on in a fight, unless you've equipped all of these RNG weapons and spells, you know whether you're going to be able to win the fight or not and to choose whether to run away or not. And so I, I kind of like that. I kind of like, having a game where I don't have to think too, too much about it, I, the, the, where the strategy is kind of laid out and you just kind of choose one. Th there's something appealing about that a a as a game to just play, not one to maybe spend, uh, not a game I want to spend 100 hours in, but just having it there when I'm doing something else was kind of nice. Yeah, that's where it kind of lost me was that <laughs> it's like, you know, played a lot of RPGs in my lifetime. Um, and I'm kind of to the point where it's like, I kind of need something different. Like, I, you know, I've, I've played this combat system like a thousand times at this point. So it's, to me, it's like, okay, well, like what's, it's like you said, you do, there's, there's not much thought to it. Like, it's just num like if you, you know, can do math in your head, then you're pretty, pretty well set. You look at the enemy and you're like, okay, well, you know, this guy's got to do this, he's got to do this. And then, you know, bada bing, bada boom. Like there's no, um, there's no risk. There's no, uh, there's none of that traditional, like, oh, how close is it going to be? Like, uh, you know, enemies don't really miss. Like, you don't really miss. Like, unless you're attacking with the wrong uh, uh, equipment or something, you're not, there's never a miss. Like, you, yeah, yeah. you're always landing hits. Like, it's, it's going to land for what it lands in. The only uh, time you can have that defending is when you equip accessories that give you, like, a block chance. So, you're yeah. right. I think by default, there isn't one. But you can, again... You can choose to introduce more randomness if you want. Otherwise, you can just play it pretty straight and you kind of know if you're going to win or lose. I can, I can see why that wouldn't be appealing. There's not a lot of guesswork to it. Yeah. To me, this is almost like it's like, OK, this is for fans of Final Fantasy that don't like the story or the expiration and just want to grind. Yeah, no, it, it, it is literally just a game about grinding like there, yeah. there is nothing else to it. But it's also a game about completing checklists. 
you know, like checking off boxes, literally checking off boxes. (laughs) You're walking along tiles, square tiles in this map, and they change color as you walk over them. You don't need to walk over them multiple times. As soon as you walk over a tile, it's counted towards your total tile for that floor. So if you need to touch 657 tiles and you do that, that floor is complete and it's always complete. As long as you play this game, you can go back to that floor. You might need to. If a character dies there or gets petrified, you need to go back to that floor to save them. Knowing that the floor is completed, okay, now I can move on to the next one. You get ability points, which allow you to um, equip passive abilities or dungeon kind of out of combat abilities that let you warp between floors, for example. Or again, like I said, I mentioned the healing abilities that you get outside of combat. You can use those in combat too. You have to equip those with this limited number of ability points. So you are incentivized to explore and touch all of the tiles, because when you do, you get a bonus. Um, you get one not just for touching tiles. You know, let, let's say you're, you, you know, you've done 10 floors, you're at 10,000 tiles. So you get, you get ability points for just how many tiles cumulatively throughout the dungeon, but then completing the floors as well. And the later floors give you even more, because they, they're harder to touch all of the tiles. There's more enemies and more difficult it's harder to touch all the tiles on floor 29 than it is floor uh, 19 or something like that. So you get more ability points and you need them. So there's, I think there's this really nice steady progression of challenge in this game. You're not meant, I don't think you're meant to as much go back to the previous floors and grind your way up. I think you're just meant to do everything. And so you don't skip things. You kind of like maybe do them a little more methodically. Um, you might have to go back to town, uh, which is floor zero, to buy new equipment. Although you do run into the stores, the same stores, you know, I think this could be a random thing, but you run into them every five to ten floors as well. So you'll come across the stores that sell the things that you need. But something we haven't touched on yet, the way to expand the inventory of the floors is by fighting more battles, I believe. So if you fight certain enemies and they they maybe they don't drop weapons necessarily, they might. But they also unlock them in the store. So if you fight this particular enemy five times, you might open up a spear that allows you to hit every enemy for 60 damage or guaranteed or something like that. So there's a lot of incentive built into the game to explore and to fight. But the exploration and the fighting themselves as activities are not super interesting, right? And I guess that's that's the point. This, yeah. is, this is an RPG boiled down to a particular or two, two or three particular essences, right? Um, and it, it's eliminating all of the window dressing, all of the kind of story elements that we do come to RPGs for, right? Don't get me wrong. To market this game to an RPG fan is a little bit, not it's not out of place. It doesn't fully make sense. This is more of a game for, you know, someone who loves to meticulously complete tasks or someone who, you know, they, they're very detail-oriented maybe. Right. It's a particular set of RPG fans that they really like the grinding. They really like the make sure they do every side quest in this area. Make sure they you know, you know how some RPGs, as you fill out the map, you get up, you uh, bravely default did this. When you do the dungeon areas and you fill out 100 percent of the map, you get a, You get an item, right? Like a, a potion or a Phoenix down or something. It's doing that right to an extent. Yeah. You're getting a bonus for that very meticulous, thorough not exploration, but just moving around the area, moving around the space. And I, again, I think some of the later abilities that you get that allow you to manipulate how you move throughout the floors, they are interesting. They are they are forcing you to make some tougher choices. The er, you know, Early on in this game, 
I get it. It's it's monotony for sure. But I think some people will find this an appealing game, especially those who like to multitask a little bit and don't don't require that a game has all of their attention constantly. Yeah, I would. The other thing uh, that I'm sure has affected the way I was looking at this game is that I'm playing it at the same time as Baldur's Gate 3, which I think is probably the most opposite game that I could possibly be paying. Yeah. <laughs> compared to, like it's in, almost in every way. Like, you know, uh, BG3 ha- is like uh, nothing but random number generation. Yeah, exactly. Like from, from you're literally top, rolling bottom. dice on the screen. Right yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. Um, there's uh, massive expiration, uh, like, you can't even really check like you can check quests off or whatever as you're going but because certain quests eliminate other quests or because you could kind of goof around with stuff like i wouldn't really say you checking off checking off quests is really a thing in bg3 it's just more of a you know have an experience and here's some options but like there's no way you're going to do it's not even designed that you can do them all like you you basically have to to keep going it's and then yeah, and then you're with the same characters the whole time, and that's right. Yeah, it's just it's totally different. Um, now I'm curious. I I know that it was sort of described uh, to that you know you you get your initial list of villagers that you can choose from, and then you choose them. Uh, I know I had cho- I had chose like uh, I'll say it looked like a dude. It looked like um, a gal. Uh, uh, there was like a cat looking thing. <laughs> yes, yes. And then, and then a wizard. Yeah. Um, uh, their names are like, don't matter really. They no, all had... Nothing about those matters. Their, 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 g- matters. their gender, their race, no, their appearance, nothing, nothing maters. The <laughs> only thing is that when I first took the cat, uh, it couldn't do, it, it didn't have a magical attack. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, only physical. Yeah. So their, their equipment matters, uh, their level, I guess, like if, if level, yeah. if they're starting at level one or level two, those matter. That's pretty much it. I think it may, maybe whatever their HP is, you know, okay. Did you ever could, go back and switch? High. Like I just, I was looking at it and I'm thinking like, well, if I switch someone out, then I'm just switching like my level 10 guy for level two person. Like, why would I do that? Yeah, so I'll tell you some stories. So I've got a few anecdotes related to um, the characters specifically and the party members and switching and stuff like that. So um, I don't know the first time it happened, probably in the maybe the teens or the early 20s where I, I first lost all my party members. I got into an encounter. I couldn't run. I, can't, I, I tried my best to run away from the fight, but I didn't got wiped. So all four of my party members are dead. And let's say I let's say it's floor 22. I know that I know the dead bodies are on floor 22. And, and so... I think basically what you have to do, I, I may be getting the details wrong because it was a little while ago that I did this, but you you start out with a new party, uh, a new party of four from floor zero. And I I have to make my way back to where my party members died. And I need to kind of switch switch out my new party members for the old the old corpses and then bring them back to life that way. So let's say I, instead of getting a new party of four, I'll take three. Uh, or I'll go to, I'll, I'll take four and then I'll just dismiss them or something like that. Or maybe I'll switch them or whatever, but you have to basically get back to where you died. And then you switch the new party members at level one or two with the old ones at level 15 or 20 or whatever. Oh, and then and, resurrect and, you, them? and then you go, and then you go resurrect them and then you can have that party oh, again. Right. So okay. you do, you do something like that. The same thing happens when, uh, there's a couple other things that can happen in the dungeon related to that. So you can get petrified. Like if you attack like a, not uh, like a harpy type creature, those lizards, basilisks, I guess you, you'd call them something like that, where they, they stare at you and then they, they turn yeah. you into stone. 
you have to find this um it, it's number eight i believe so if you find tile eight zero zero eight and it's white color then that uh that particular resource can be used to unpetrify or uh, bring bring those characters back to uh, back to real life um you have to remember what tile it happened on though because you basically go to the gorgon's i think it's a gorgon statue is zero eight and you tell it here's the tile where this happened and then it knows to unpetrify that character and then you can go pick them up i think yeah. um, so you have to do that you can also um i think i fought like a dragon that swallowed me so you have to go and find that dragon again uh, on the same floor get into that same encounter and then beat the dragon and then the character it swallowed comes out that way uh so you have to get them that back get them back that way um in one of my last runs where it's kind of like okay this is probably the final one i do before i check out before we do the podcast um this about four or five days ago i think i i was fighting a battle it was pretty tough i lost a guy and i was like i'm just gonna keep going or or this sorry this is where the guy got swallowed i'm like i don't have to i don't want to like deal with going to find him and like you know chopping down this dragon or whatever enemy swallowed him so i go and i find these wandering heroes and so wandering heroes you can you see them listed in the pub when you're recruiting they're on particular floors on particular tiles so you you can get an ability that helps you seek them out it'll tell you like how close are you to a wandering hero when you get to the tile where a wandering hero is you can just recruit them to your party if you have space so i did that i replaced my my fourth or i filled my fourth slot i i just had like a, a regular fighter knight looking guy i replaced it with a dog with a sword in its mouth and this dog was awesome like he was a higher level than my other characters i don't know if he came with some good equipment or i just gave him some good equipment because he, he had more carrying capacity for it but i took this dog and it went all the way to like floor 31 from like yeah 23 22 23 something like that so that worked out pretty well for me um the fact that there's the, again, these little things that kind of like if you, if you know to look for them or you learn about them a little bit more, there's little wrinkles in the game that I think are kind of compelling. Like it's just it's a funny little story thing that I could do. There's no story to it in the game. But to me, having a character get swallowed, I don't want to chase him and find him. I'm just abandoning that dude. And then I go and find a dog to fight on my team. I thought that was funny. And I I, I just enjoyed that. It kind of gave me some momentum to push a little bit further into the game. Um, We haven't talked about this yet, but the the floors after every every 10 floors do change in terms of the tile layout slightly and also the color scheme so you know that you're kind of in a different biome i guess like it's very subtle it's not it's not like a a, a market change the game visually isn't doing that much but the 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 set of 10 that i got to just now the 30s i guess it's like a, a volcano type setting uh so you see like the red background and then what's interesting about this one uh, David, the tiles you were probably going on, there was a lot of like, um, options for you, you know, a lot of like, um, intersections where you can like yeah. choose to go left or right or straight. The, the set that I'm on right now, you can only go forward. And so you, you, every encounter you see, you got to fight it unless you use an ability to like skip you ahead a couple of tiles, which you, you do pick up eventually. So this is, this is like the, um, in the thirties, I think you're really getting tested. How much have you been skipping? How much have you been paying attention to what the game's asking you to do? This is basically like the boss mode or the boss rush, I suppose, of the game is the in the 30s here. It's it's the gauntlet. It's the it's the it's the test of can you can you hack it or do you need to go back and grind? Like I feel like this is the first big one for mm -hmm. me. So at some point I will go back to this. Like I, I I've enjoyed my time with it. I, I don't find it a game where I want to play for hours and hours and hours and never put it down. 
but there are times where I've going to be wanted to do something with my hands. If I'm just listening to something or watching like highlights or something like that, uh, or, you know, maybe I've got red zone on which is showing me all the touchdowns, uh, from, from Sunday. But while doing that, I also want to be doing something with my hands and I put my phone down or it's charging or something. I'll, I'm going to pick this game up again and just see how far I can get. And every time I, I feel like there's an easy way to kind of chart your progress. You know, if you've, if you've done a floor, how many tiles have you, have you, or have you been to a floor? How many tiles have you touched? You know, maybe go back to an old, maybe I'm going to go back to old floors and touch all the tiles to get more of those ability points. So that'll, that'll help me in this, this gauntlet that I found myself in. So I, 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 I respect this game. I really do. I, I, I kind of like it as well. I don't love it, but I do like it. Have you ever played uh, Darkest Dungeon? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a fantastic game. I love it. Um, yeah, I, it's, 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 it's ultimately too hard. Like I, I, it's like Returnal to me. Like, yeah, I, I respect it. I love it. I think it's very cool. It's too hard. <laughs> and I, and I like my Dark Souls and Bloodborne's and my Elden Ring. So I'm not like averse to difficulty, but there's a certain type of difficulty I like more than others. I just feel like Dungeon Encounters is like the, the you know, the, the higher ups at Square Enix went to Idol and said, here's 50 bucks. Can you make us the darkest dungeon game? Yeah. And I don't think they gave him 50. I think it was more like 40. But yeah, so, yeah <laughs> I, take, I take your point. Yeah, I think you're right. I, think you're right I see that. so many similarities there. Like it's like you, you, you hire a party at the town. You're going into the dungeon and the whole point is to get lower and lower to defeat like the enemy at the end. But then there's all these enemies along the way, and then you could lose party members along the way. But obviously, Darkest Dungeon is like vastly more detail oriented. Like there's for sure the battle system's completely different. Um, uh, there's like different the fierce things that you have to track, and then there's a story. There's a story. There's, there's all these story. side stories. You know, all the yeah. stuff that's happening in the town. You are kind of building up the town and everything. Yeah, I mean, there's an actual pub in the town as opposed yes, to right. just like a square on a grid. Just so calling, that, that, calling something like a pub. The pub? This is like this is like your your four or five year old like drawing drawing a map you know or drawing a pub like oh I made a pub I'm like you just put a square yep. on the ground you know or just you use it you literally use like a cardboard box I remember when I was younger I, I my my grandparents had and I, I would I would hang out with them often they had just gotten like a new refrigerator or something like a big appliance and you know they and then oh, you know, the sometimes you keep the cardboard <laughs> you keep the big box and so I'm like cutting yeah. it open I'm making an in it, it it says the word in on it so you know it's an in that's the only just. Dis- that's it, you know, but it's a cardboard box. Otherwise, there's a yeah. lot of that energy in Dungeon Encounters. Um, I'll make, I'll give you one more comparison to kind of because uh, you gave us Darkest Dungeon. I'll give you one that I think could be particularly apt and maybe one of the reasons why I'm jiving with the game right now. Vampire Survivors just came to Switch, right? Just came to um, it came to Switch a few, uh, few weeks ago. Uh, I think it was on the uh, end of August kind of timing. End of August. We're already end of August. In the end of July, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Time, time has no time has no meaning anymore. Um, yeah. Anyway, dungeon. Uh, not dungeon cars. Uh, vampire survivors. Vampire survivors. Thank you. Gosh, all, all these <laughs> ivers and encounters. Uh, yeah. Vampire survivors is kind of brain dead, right? It's just about you know Matt Zawadniak from NWR referred to it as a game where just numbers go up. You know, and all you think of was the numbers going up. That's kind of happening in dungeon encounters as well. The number of tiles you touch, the numbers are going up. Your experience points and gaining levels, your levels are going up. Your number of the floors you're clearing as you go down, you know, deeper into the dungeon, you're, the number of floor, the floor that you're on, that, that number's going up as well. The, the enemy's getting stronger, number's going up. That, that's happening here to an extent. And so I think if, you, if, if you're like a game like Vampire Survivors, there's something about that type of dopamine hit that's happening in Dungeon Encounters as well. And 
I I, I kind of came to both of the games around the same time. Like I played, I was playing Vampire Survivors a little bit on the plane when I was on the plane last week. I've been playing it kind of here and there, 30 minutes, an hour at a time. One night before bed, I played like two or three hours. And I had a session with Dungeon Encounters like that as well, where I'm just sitting on my recliner in my office. And I played for like two hours in a row and I, I didn't want to stop. I, had, I listened to like two podcasts in that time. and It was great. And there's something similar in the way those games operate, the way that they deliver kind of meaningful engagement to players that I, I like. I think there's there's a relationship between those two games in in their simplicity, in the fact that they're not you're not trying to win you over with flashy presentation. You're making kind of a lot of minor choices as opposed to major ones. And they're kind of incentivizing you to kind of keep coming back and do a little bit more and do a little bit more. Um, I think there's there's something to be said for the kind of combination of those two games, or or just the, looking at them side by side and realizing that they're 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 trying something similar. Yeah. No, I I don't I don't disagree with you. And like you said, there's I, I no I spent the last few days like. Uh, probably piling on people who who like the game too. Like, there's uh, I was looking at the reviews on Wikipedia and I was laughing because like you know they were giving the mates, but then they're like, like yeah, this game is great. Uh, most people won't like it, and I'm just thinking like, uh, okay, <laughs> like it's like you give a big mark and then you're like, oh no, I you know most people are are going to think this is trash though, and didn't really know how to take that and uh, but yeah, it's like uh, I totally agree with everything said it's if, if you're if this is something you want you, you really need to have that dopamine hit of uh my number went up my number went up yeah exactly i mean yeah that's this is this is going to appeal just, to a big group of people yeah because there's just there's really nothing else no. <laughs> like, and that was my thing is is just like I, I i just was sitting there with my steam deck in my hand and like well, why i don't even i can't even give you one reason why i'm playing this other than i have to because we're going to talk about it on I think I think this, this is a perfect game for this podcast format, right? Yes. Because you know yes. right away within that five hour period, whether you're going to like this or not, this could be a one hour game. Play this for an hour. Oh, and easily. You'll probably yeah. figure it out. Right. Yeah. But I think I think that's that's what's nice about kind of dipping into these games and seeing like this is one where, you know, right away whether you're going to be into it or not. And so. Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes we have to buy games to to have that to have that experience. But if you kind of take away some of what we've said today, some of the comparisons, I'd say even listening to a podcast like this, where we talk about a game like Dungeon Encounters for 40, 45 minutes, that's enough. You probably know for just from hearing our thoughts on it, whether you would be into a game like this, right? We're, we're not, there's nothing else. We've said everything that's in the game. So yeah. don't don't go into it and be like, oh, yeah, where, where is this thing? Yeah, you know, I, why, thought there, I thought there was more to this. Why didn't David and Jordan mention it? Because it's not there. Yeah. It, it just doesn't exist. And yeah. yeah, sure, maybe on floor 80, something ridiculous happens. And you know, you, I, I, maybe I'll get there one day. But yeah. I already know kind of like how I feel about the game before that. You don't need to. I think the pursuit of clearing all 99 floors is more like a journey rather than a destination kind of thing. You know, like yeah. I, I don't care if I ever get there. And I think some of the numbers involved in that accomplishment are just beyond my comprehension. Like I'm not, I'm not going to deal with that, that amount of gold, that amount of like strategizing. And this is, it's, I'm trying to make this more of a chill game for me. So I, I, I'm not going to, you know, put that much focus or attention into it. But yeah, I, I do. I, I, I totally understand why you don't like this, David. And I totally understand why some critics do. 
and other people will hate it. Like it, it, it's, it's not, it's, I, uh, can we call it divisive? I don't know if it's divisive. I think it's just like, it's meant for a certain group of people. Like it, it, yeah. it's geared towards a particular set of gamers. And so it's hard to, it's, it's hard to evaluate a game like that. Right. Yeah. I think it as long is as you, what it is. It is what it is. You just gotta yeah. be transparent, right? Like a lot of people will hate this. Yes. Some people will love this. Yes. Like both of those things can be true. Yeah. And so you just have to kind of make sure that you you explain that the score of the, how how you would rate this game doesn't matter as much as how you would describe your experience with it. I think you know, and so when we've we've tried to do that, yeah. I think that that's all we can do for for something like that's, this. That's why we're playing these games because like how how could you in some cases how would you know we're playing these games so that you potentially don't have to. That's right. Or or I'm certain at some point we're gonna have we're gonna find uh, a hidden gem that we all agree on is is amazing and. I'm sure at some point we'll hit that. The other good thing about uh, this is our third uh, episode now on this. Yeah. I believe we paid $10 or less for every one of these three games so far. It's true. Yeah. They've been very, or, or they're on subscription services or something like yeah. that. Like the, the, the next one we're going to do page and I Sakuna rice and ruin. It's on, it's on PS plus, like one of the tiers. Right? I've, I've been playing it there for a couple hours. So we're, we're going to keep trying to find games that are not going to break the bank if you do want to try them, you know? So yeah. if, if, if what we're talking about here sounds interesting and it costs you 10 bucks or 15 bucks or something like that, even if your experience differs from, from mine or yours, like that's fine. Like you, you haven't committed too, too much to it. Or if it's on a subscription service, all the better. You can dip out after a couple hours or something like that. So I think if we stick to that kind of practice of looking for like these more budget games that we haven't played before, that we've been meaning to get to, but we're not sure if we want to commit to it. I think, I think it is, I think it's going to work for everybody. And a quick PSA for anyone who's listening to this before September 6th. If you haven't already renewed or added a year to your PS plus, uh, either it doesn't even matter which, which tier you're in. If you're, if you're a PS plus subscriber, run to your PS app now and add a year or more to your subscription because the prices are skyrocketing on yeah. September the oh 6th. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. Um, <laughs> I ran to that PS. I, th- I actually think the essential, no, uh, the middle one, extra. Extra, extra is extra. the one I have because, it, yeah. Um, the it's I don't know if it's on sale, but it was, I paid like a hundred bucks for it. And uh, I added a year onto, so I still had like five or six months left. So I added a year on top of that. So now I'm good for till till 2025. Yeah, at the existing price. So uh, if that's something you want to be part of, I'm. It's funny, like I'm not. Like it, it, it seems like what Sony did was they just increased the price to match Game Pass. Well, Game Pass least. just went up a couple months ago, right? Like it's it's yeah, it's kind of in step with that. So, and to me, it's, it may, it may not be marketed the same as Game Pass, but to me, it's exactly the same. Like, it's probably, like, equal in, in the sense of the games that are on there. I guess the the one uh, caveat to that is that, like, you, you're getting, like, the AAA Microsoft games day one, as opposed to you're not getting those necessarily on from Sony, but... Mm-hmm everything else that's it like there's just as many other games like the indie games like sea of stars is on both ps plus and game pass like yeah which is awesome yeah 
So it's I, 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 I just downloaded Lost Judgment. I found I found that on oh, there. Oh yeah, there's a lot of good games on the on that the yeah. PlayStation service that, and they do a horrible job of marketing it. They a really oh, really it's, bad. It's awful. <laughs> this is this is all anyone is going to talk about for the next month or two yeah. is this price increase. As Half opposed to like yeah. all these really good games that are there. Half a Square's collection is on there now. Yeah, like, yeah. I think uh, all the think Yakuza Dungeon games is, are there Dungeon too. Encounters like, might have been on there. Like, yeah, all the Kingdom Hearts are on there as part of. There's the a thing. lot of Square stuff. There's a lot of Ubisoft stuff. If you like their yeah. games, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry. There. Every time I look through it, I'm always surprised by a couple of games. Or I'm like, wow, this is on there. Yeah. Okay, add it to the library. Add it to the library. So I, I probably will be re-upping. I've been thinking about this a little bit more. I definitely don't want to pay the higher price. And now that we're doing this kind of five-hour series, like all the more reason to have these be part of these subscription services for when they add more games to them that yeah. we might, might want to get into, right? So, I mean, I I was grandfathered in on a previous PS Plus subscription that I had for a few years. So I think I think my I think mine runs out. My premium runs out. I think in November of this year. I'm definitely going to add another year and then kind of see how things go for next year, yeah. maybe. But yeah, I mean, 40 more dollars for the premium plan. You, you, yes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. If you like that service or you maybe give it a give it a thorough look, um, if you haven't already, there's a lot of cool stuff on there. But yeah, I think it, that's a good PSA. I'm glad you brought that up. I was just reading about that today. Well, why don't we wrap it up with a quick uh, you don't have to think about it too hard, but there's three games that we've played as Dragon's Dogma. Yeah. Lost Sphere, Dr- Dungeon Encounters. What's your ranking? Um, that's tough. Oh, you, you, hmm. you want? I, I go for number three. Is I don't. You go first. I'll tell. I'll go first because I, I. It's easy for me. Dragon's Dogma is number one. Yeah. Lost Sphere number two. Dungeon Encounters number three. That's how much I hate this. Yeah. Game. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go Dungeon Encounters, Dragon's Dogma, Lost Sphere. And the reason I say Dragon's Dogma, I think, is more interesting for sure. I enjoyed my time with Dungeon Encounters more, and I I, I plan to play more of it. So by the by the system that we're we've implemented here, are you continuing the five hours of those three games? I'm going to continue with uh, Dungeon Encounters at least mm-hmm. more likely than I will the other two. So by that by that logic, it's number one for me. Is that the first? That that might be the first. I'm going to play this again. Yeah. Uh, so out of, out of six, <laughs> out of six games or, or six yeah. opinions, that's the first. Yeah, that's the first. Yes. And again, as I said at the outset of the episode, that's yeah. fine. That's what this is for. This no, is uh, for. most of the time we're going to be saying no. Pedro's <laughs> in the last sphere one, right? So that's t- at eight. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes. Good point. <laughs> eight opinions. And there's we're one for eight so far. Yeah, so uh, although I'm pretty from what I heard, I'm. I'm thinking uh, for Sakuna, uh, that that might be two more, but we'll we'll have to see, I guess. I yeah, I'm I'm interested in this game. It, it is definitely one that, well, we're going to talk more about it next month, I think. But yeah, it's it's mm. a it's an interesting one, David. I think you should check it out. You might want to join us for that one. It's it's got some cool things going on um, with the the farming aspect. The farming aspect is basically tied to your progression. So like how how well you farm your rice can increases your stats basically like your your offense your defense your hp stuff like that so which i've never seen before so i think yeah. in terms of it doing something innovative i think it, it scores highly there for sure 
I'm really hoping uh, if if it's in Game Pass or PS Plus, I'm there. Uh, it would it would only be fitting if it was added to PS Plus. Like, it's PS Plus. It, it, it is P- That's where I'm, I'm playing on really? PS Five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I'll, I, I think then. I think I think it might be the extra tier. It could be premium. I'm not sure, but that's where I'm playing it because it was free. I was like, oh, okay. score. Yeah. So you gotta get gotta get out on that. And, and again, another PS Eight. Everyone else out there, we're playing Sakuna next month. If you are on uh, the PS Plus tier that has it. You know, feel free to hop in with us there. That uh, mm-hmm. that'd be a good one, to, good one for us all to to try together. Okay. Well, why don't you do the outro, and while you're doing that, I'll uh, I'll see if if it's in my uh, my PS Plus plan. Yeah, there you go. And what I love is you can just download from the app. I think I think their yeah. app is really good, right? The PS it app, it's amazing. And, and yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, you're collecting these gold points now. You can redeem them for credit. Yeah. Like I have enough, I have enough credit to do like five bucks, or I'm saving up towards like a new game <gasps> or something like that. So. It's free. There you go. Fantastic. Adding to my PS5 as we it's downloading now. Nailed it. Uh, yeah. So uh, thanks everybody for joining us for another five hour trial. This one on Dungeon Encounters. David and I split here. Uh, he's not not going to continue with the five hours. I am probably going to. Uh, I did enjoy my time with it. It is a game that not everyone's going to like, and that's okay. That again, that's the whole point of this series is to kind of uncover, you know. Little known games, games we miss, games that flew under the radar for whatever reason, bring them into the light and see if they're ones that we want to continue with. There are so many big name games out there, so many AAA uh, or games that are reviewing really well that we want to get into. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's fun to kind of look back and uh, check out games that are maybe going to be on discount or on one of the subscription services when we can. Um, so Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, that's going to be our next one. We're going to have a Sea of Stars episode coming up really soon as well. Uh, I need to talk to Casey to see if he's playing Armored Core because I'm, I'm tempted to play Armored Core. Uh, I know David is going to be trying out Starfield as well. Uh, yep. Lots lots of buzz about Starfield in September. So we might just have to do an episode where we, you know, we talk about a few different games uh, and kind of split them up that way. But um, stay tuned for more goodness on the Thirsty Mage. If you have, epi- if you have episode suggestions, especially five-hour trials for us to get into, uh, please send your requests. Uh, your suggestions to david at thethirstymage.com. Uh, you can find us on your podcast apps of choice. Please leave us a review there. Uh, and we will talk to you all again soon. Bye for now. Bye.